back! It's been like 10 days since I podcasted, and I, I thought I might forget how to do it, actually, uh, but I think I did it right. And uh, I really enjoyed this interview with Dave Hill, and Dave is a comedian, author, musician, actor, podcaster, and I just found out he's doing a clothing line as well. So I don't know if there's anything he can't do, uh, but some of his highlights include uh, the theme song for Last Week with John Oliver. That's his band Valley Lodge doing that. And famous author Malcolm Gladwell praised uh, Dave's work, uh, not only his books, but like his bands too, his, his me- black metal band Witch Taint. I think he's a fan of that. So um, let's see what else. He's appeared on some great shows, including the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, the Jim Gaffigan Show, and Inside Amy Schumer, so much more. So he'll tell you all about it. Here we go. Welcome, Dave Hill, to the Chuck Shoot Podcast. You're a musician, a writer, an actor, a comedian, and a podcaster. Did I miss anything? Uh, I, I started a clothing line with a friend. So Shut the fuck up. Are you serious? Excitement. Yeah, because I, I do a lot of artwork, and then... Uh, so a friend of mine works in fashion, my friend Corey. So uh, we decided I was doing all these patterns. So we, she wanted to start a women's clothing line. So the, it's a line of dresses called Bunny, named after my mom, and it's at thebunnyshops.com. dot com. And we just sell online uh, dresses, all with like prints designed by me. Wow, that's amazing! It's it's so inspirational. To me, uh, I think you're my hero that you can do so many things and also do them so well. You know, I mean, like you shred on guitar and then you, oh, you're man. a hilarious comedian. You write these amazing songs, you act and, and you've written books that are critically acclaimed. I haven't read your books yet, but I mean, it's amazing. That's like, okay. how do you do that? How do you do all these things? I don't know. I just do what I like to do, you know? Okay. I, I just have fun and. To do stuff that's fun to do and that's and probably do too many things i wish i <laughs> wasn't interested in as many things but i just kind of go where i feel like going doing what i want and and i'm lucky that that's kind of it's turned into my the way i make a living so uh I, yeah just kind of do just do what's fun I, it's all fun you know so okay just, well so I'm tell me having, Having a good time. Yeah. you. I mean, so well, let's start at the beginning then. So like your life growing up as a, as a kid, like what inspired you? I know you, I heard you talking about like, uh, you were kind of like, uh, doing Eddie Murphy's stand up routine, but what else in terms of like inspired you in terms of music and comedians and movies and TV shows and authors, were there certain things that really stood out that kind of motivated you to have an interest in these fields? Yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of always interested in, in art and music as a kid, like I liked comedy and, you know, things like that, but I ne- wasn't, I never really thought that I would go into that at all. But so I was more inspired by doing artwork and, and playing music. And, and there was always comedians that I really liked, you know, Andy Kaufman, Chris Elliott, Bobcat Goldthwait, David Letterman, and, um, but I, I didn't really, really think of it as like, uh, something that I would end up being involved in. And then it just sort of happened by accident, I think was the first thing that I got into that was kind of just kind of grew and, you know, one thing led to another. And then I was like, Oh, I guess this is, I guess my job is 
being a comedian now. So. <laughs> but so like, what were your childhood and your teen years like? Like, were you popular? Did you go to parties or were you doing a million projects then as a kid? Were you playing music and writing books and theater and doing plays and things? Or what were you, what was your kid years like? No, I didn't do, that's the thing. Like I didn't, I didn't do plays or anything like that. I had no, I think maybe I was probably interested in it, but kind of thought it wasn't for me for whatever reason. Hmm. Um, and, uh, probably just some dumb reason. Like I, you know, I don't know, but I I was into, I was always into drawing and painting and, and playing a pot. I played hockey. That was like the only sport I really liked. I, I played other sports a little bit, but I was not like a jock type at all, but weirdly, like I was good at hockey and did pretty Mm. well with that. And, uh, and then I was really just into music. I wanted to rock out and I wasn't, I wasn't unpopular, but I would say like I was, I was kind of how I am now. Like I know it, I always knew everybody. I was friends with everybody, but I kind of was in my own little realm, which is kind of how I think I am as an adult, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I have plenty of friends, but I'm not like, I don't hang out with as same way in high, you know high school, I didn't hang out with just this group or just that. I knew everybody, so same way now in my adult life, I you know have good comedian friends, good musician friends, good actor friends, good friends that don't do any of that. You have author friends, aren't you friends? Kind of friends with Malcolm uh, Gladwell too. Yeah, yeah, I'm friends with Malcolm. I know I have a lot of author friends, and uh, yeah, the same thing. You know, books like. I got into that. I think it was because my sister is a journalist and she encouraged me in that regard. And, and I think like maybe writing books was something I wanted to do. And I think part of it was maybe just a silly thing that I thought, you know, was, that was like a a respectable grown up thing to to write books. (laughs) And, yeah, and that my my parents would be proud of me. So I think that was part of the reason I was drawn to to do that. And my, my mom unfortunately died before I ever wrote a book. But my dad right. you know, has now read. He's read the first two books. I think I don't think he is done with the last one. Okay. But, and you know. so you worked originally worked as a visual artist, I think I heard. But then I also heard that you worked as an aide and a homeless shelter. Was that just like to pay the bills while you're doing other stuff that you really liked? Yeah, I mean, I I worked my sort of, you know, like in college, I started I formed a band with my friends. And and then like sort of right after college, I, I in college and then after college, I worked at a homeless shelter which was one of the best jobs I ever had. I, I, I really liked really? it. It was, um, yeah, I, I worked, I was a program aide, which is kind of like a, you know, they, you just kind of do whatever they want you to do. I would, you know, I'd put on meals. I would do like urine tests. I would do like, uh, I would, you know, once there was, it depends on what I did, whatever needed doing. Like I, I, a guy had scabies and I had to like each week, like kind of go with him to the shower and make sure he really 
like I had to, it was, you know, you try to do it with as much dignity as you can for them. And, you know, but I had but, to watch but, yeah. like, hey, you know, get under your balls. You know, <laughs> Like, and, uh, do you kind of laugh at some of it? Because I remember um, I was I was I worked as a counselor and one of my internships, I worked on a mental hospital and I just I mean, I would literally just I mean, granted, too, I was young in my 20s, but I would laugh at a lot of the stuff. I mean, it was it, you couldn't not laugh. You had to have a sense of humor. Right. I mean, because there's just some crazy yeah. shit that you see. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was it was, you know, like that guy. But it's, you know, it's just, just the thing I really liked about working at her homeless shelter was that it was all you really have in common with people, all people really, is just being a human being. Cause I, and, and this was even more so because, you know, I was this young guy from Cleveland in the 90s with like my long post grunge curly hair and, uh, and, you know, most of the people living there were, it was for, for seniors, so it was over 55. Well, that was the the cutoff or whatever. And they were either from New York City or, or from other countries. So, you know, we really related on just sort of a basic, you know, human level of like, hey, what's for dinner tonight? Like, meatloaf. Oh, I hate meatloaf. Me too. Whatever. Hmm. Um, and so I loved it. It was you know, if I had time, I, if I would go back and work there again. Plus, like you get, you know, at the time I was, uh, you know, part of the deal was you got one meal, you got whatever meals you were serving, you got to eat as well. Oh. So I'd be like, great, I'm saving money on food. You know, <laughs> this is my, you know, yeah. I was like 22. So I was like, great, this is awesome. Um <laughs> So, but I, I really liked it, and cool. yeah, but you would do. It was like one guy. I mean, you know, there's just a lot of you know people there for also uh, many different reasons. You know, yeah, probably a lot of um, mental health, yeah. similar to like when working in the mental hospital, right? I mean, probably a lot of mental health and addiction issues, right? Yeah, yeah, that was a big part of it. But then you know, a lot of things. You know, there's a fire. Mm. Any, you know, there's many, many reasons. You know. Uh, why people would end up there. So there'd be quite a range of, of people there. Hmm. Um, and, and so it was around you know, this time too, that this is like you said, you're playing in bands. You started playing bands in your teens, but I think, was it around this time where you got actually, your band got a record deal and you had, you had a video on MTV. Uh, was this the one that was on priority records? Yeah. My first band were called sons of Elvis, which is the best slash worst band name ever. <laughs> I think, but you know, we formed, we were, you know, we were like teenagers when we mm -hmm. formed and we never, uh, I don't think we ever thought that we would get out of the basement, you know? Yeah. We, uh, so that's what we were called. And uh, yeah, we signed to priority records. We had one record that came out and, you know, video on MTV in the middle of the night and all that. And toured with Mike Watt, right? I, I toured with Mike Watt when I was a member of Cobra Verde, which oh was, okay, that's a different uh, band. Another another Cleveland band, and uh, when I was in Cobra Verde, toured with Mike Watt a couple times, and and then also toured with him when he played bass with Jay Mascus. So that would have been late '90s, early 2000s. Okay, but yeah, that's another band that I played in. But but that didn't work out for whatever reason. But then you you formed this other band, 
Uh, no, was... Cobra Verde is still a still a band. They're oh, no, you're they're and... kind of a long run. Are you still it's, in it? I'm just not in the band. No, okay. no. Oh, okay. You're because you got I'm Valley Lodge now, right? Yeah. Then you know, I formed. <coughs> uh, I I came to New York in 2003, and I had another band called Uptown Sinclair with um, uh, my friend Tim from Sons of Elvis, who and he is now in Cobra Verde. There's all sorts. Very Ohio's very incestuous. Like okay. Cobra Verde was was once part of Guided by Voices and. Uh, and Doug Gillard, who was in Cobra Radio, is still in Guided by Voices. There's all sorts of overlap. But um, so we formed this band that was kind of a power pop band. And then I came to New York for the weekend in 2003, and I just never left. Mm. And and then I formed Valley Lodge with my friend John Kimbrough, who was from a band called Walt Mink, which is one of my favorite bands ever. So it was a thrill to be able to play with him and. And yeah, we formed that band in like 2004. So it's so weird that we're, st- he's not playing with us anymore, but we- it's so weird that we're still a band. Yeah, so many bands. And like, so then, yeah, you got to tell the story of uh, the Witch Taint, obviously. That's that's a big one too. The, the comedy black metal band that you started as a joke and uh, explain like you yeah. were emailing, like you were basically trolling other metal bands and saying they were big pussies and your band was way harder, but you didn't even have, this is before you even started the music, right? Yeah. I mean, probably around in the early two thousands, probably like as early as like 2002, I would say I started emailing. Honestly, there was a, just a website that was like all black metal uh, it was like FMP six 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 Full Moon Productions. I think it might still exist in some way, but it was like metal merch and had everything. And there's this. They had a page that was like contacts for all these black metal bands, and I just decided that I would email them and just call them pussies, <laughs> and, you know, then say that I was like more extreme than then. So and you said so, you posed as a teenager named Lance from Gary, Indiana. I, now I have a friend who yeah. lives in Gary, Indiana. What made you choose Gary, Indiana as as, as the hometown of this fictional? <laughs> I have no idea. I, like, what well, what happened was, I I was emailing these bands, and there would be some exchanges, and then in two thousand four, I was like, oh, I should do that again. And mind you, I was like doing it solely for my own enjoyment you know i i didn't think it would be of an interest to anyone on earth it was just for my own entertainment late at night you know just emailing people and you but you tried to get a deal with a norwegian record label did did you get that deal no no so no. that was the one i emailed the one label and and then that correspondence like really kept going and going for like six months and that was <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I was showing it to my friend John Kimbrough and and my friend David Jaffrey, and so they were the only two guys I was showing it to. And then they started showing it to other friends. And then David's friend Jeff Watson built once the correspondence had run its course. It's like sometime in two thousand five. He put it all on a website, and then that website went viral. I guess is the term. I mean, at the time, I don't even know if people said that, but in 2005, and it went all over, and then 
I made T-shirts and would sell those. Was like, this before you saw the music though, right? Because didn't you do you did no. a sh- okay? Because one there was one song we, we I had written one song recorded at John's house and we sent I sent that in to try to. I mean, I knew he wasn't going to sign us, but I sent that in. And oh, to answer your question, Gary, Indiana, the reason I just picked that completely arbitrarily. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't just say uh, like University Heights, Ohio, where I'm actually from. It's just but funny. Some, yeah, I don't know. It seems to be the just, butt of some jokes, I guess. It, I think it was because Michael Jackson was from there. That's Honestly, right. I think, yeah. I think that was probably why I did it. Because um, what's more black metal than Michael Jackson? <laughs> yeah, I think it just stuck out in my head for that reason, maybe. But like as I was doing it, I wasn't thinking about even the name Witch Taint, which I maintain is probably <laughs> the greatest band name of all time. Like, That's I pretty great. I didn't spend any time thinking about any of this. I was just kind of doing it. And uh, so it always just kind of came to me as I was emailing this guy. And then, so then I just kind of, you know, people would talk about Witch Taint for years after that. And my friend Trish Nelson was like, you know, why don't you read these emails on stage? And so, right. So wasn't that the original show was like, it was a comedy show. And I heard you tell the story that, you know, you're doing the show at the Viper room. And at that point you didn't have any songs, but one of your friends said that he went to the show and he's like, yes, yeah, sorry, we had to leave. We only heard a couple songs and you're like, we didn't play any songs. Like, yeah, yeah. He basically got it caught was, in a lie. Yeah. He said, he set himself up. <laughs> like there's no reason. I ne- like, it's not like I would have been like, Hey, where were you? I never would have never would have come up, but he was, yeah. He basically just outed himself as lying. And yeah. Cause so we had had, just one, we would play the song that um, that demo was, you know, it was just noise. And uh, and then eventually we started, because I was doing it with my buddy Phil Costello, who plays guitar in Valley Lodge. And, you know, for years he'd always been like, we should make Witchtain a real band. And I was like, ah, I don't know. And then we finally did these stage readings of it. We did it twice in New York at St. Vitus, and then I got asked to do South by Southwest, and uh, you know to wow. do stand up, and okay. and I was like, you know, I was like, you know, would it be all right if I did this thing, Witch Taint, that I've been doing? Can we do that one night as well? And they were like, sure. So uh, the Austin Chronicle wrote it up, but we didn't think anyone was going to come to this show because we we're like, no one's going to. Who the hell's anyone to even know what it is? And we we put the corpse paint on in the hotel room and walked over like half a mile to the theater in our full getups, you know, mm-hmm. and then we get to the we get to the theater and there's like a line down the block. And we're like, why? What's going on at this theater tonight? There must be something else happening because wh- there's and then it tur- and we walked up the back of the line. So no one noticed us we just walked in the theater <laughs> and then we got inside i was like what are all these people doing and they're like that's for you it's sold out and so what it was really it was really exciting we'd sold it out and um it was super fun and uh but anyway so and then from then we you know we, we did it in london we did it in oslo which was like felt like a homecoming 
of sorts. Uh, Cause you know, we did it, read these emails and like there was actual guys from like Fenris from dark throne came and he was in the front row and you know, different guys from different bands were hmm. there. So that was nice. And, uh, and then um, we got asked to do the Vakken festival, which is the, you know, biggest metal festival in the world. Wow. And we, and you know, the bit, the thing is like the whole time, we were doing this show, like people didn't know what it was because they know uh, I'm a comedian, but they know I'm also a musician and they would see the photos with me with a guitar. So they'd be like, well, it's a band, which is probably why my friend was like, oh, I'm, I only caught a couple songs. But, <laughs> I just love that story. You know, by the time we got to Vakken, we had like five songs in the actual show that we kind of dropped in at key points of the of the show. And so when we were at at Vakken, we did four shows, and every time we, you know, people were just staring at us because it's all these people from Germany and around all over Europe, just like, what the fuck is this? You know? <laughs> and, uh, and they, you know, people, some people got it, other people were really confused. You know, other people were mad that we were just standing there reading off laptops. But the one consistent thing is every, whenever we would play the music, everyone would go crazy. And so I think after the second show, we were just like, let's just be a band. And we recorded an album and, uh, and then we put, you know, we put together a band after that of, you know, we got some friends to, to join us to play live. And, and so we, we started, we've only played like six shows cause hmm. this was all leading up and then the pandemic the record came out like right in the beginning of the pandemic so we have we're gonna play in september is the next show uh so we're gonna and you know phil and i've gotten together to write write the next record so you should play with uh the my friend uh mantis from uh venom incorporated they they founded black metal like i had him on the show he was he's awesome i would love it actually (laughs) mike um mike kicky uh aka micus from venom who you know who played in venom uh i guess well because mantis is the guitar player right yeah he was the original guitar player for venom and then i think they split off and now he does venom incorporated and then some of the other people are still in chronos yeah i think he uh and then chronos has venom but yeah so my mike what my kiki who's now guitar tech for Joe Bonamassa. He plays, oh. um, he plays on the, the witch taint record. On oh, okay. Song. So we do have, that's cool. I actually am st- staring at right now. I still have to sew it on something, but he sent me like an original venom legions patch. Oh, wow. So that, and, and pin that I have so, to put, put on something soon. Wh- yeah. Were you a metalhead growing up? Like, I thought I heard you. I couldn't tell if you were joking, but you were talking about like Dawkins and Rat. Like, were you into that kind of stuff or? Yeah. I mean, I've always been like an, an omnivore with music. Okay. So I've, I've always been into all kinds of, I know everyone says that, but like my buddy, Tim, who I mentioned earlier from Sons of Elvis and Cobra Verde, we would always be. You know, when you're a teenager, I don't know how it is now. I don't, I don't know what the, what these kids do. But when I was a teenager, um, you know, you couldn't, it wasn't acceptable to go see everything. 
like with equal enthusiasm. You had to be into this and this, mm-hmm. but you couldn't be into this. So, you know, we would go see Rat when they came to town and we go see the replacements. We go see ZZ Top. We would go see NXS, Agent Orange, hmm. Danzig, whoever. We That's a good just, variety. We like to rock out in all its forms. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, Rat, I loved. I mean, Rat to me are like the stones of hair metal. <laughs> and I think nice. I Dawkin, I, I saw Dawkin, Scorpions, Kingdom Come, Metallica, and Van Halen at the Monsters of Rock uh, at the oh, Akron Rubber Bowl. That sounds amazing. In, in like 1988, just a okay. little fresh face, Dave Hill. <laughs> um, but, you know, we would do that. And then we, you know, we would, it was, it was like, I I pretty much would go see if there was a guitar on stage, I was I would go. Okay. Like I that's all I needed. So I would, you know, front row at psychedelic first, front row at rat, whatever. I didn't that's care. That's awesome. I'd love that. Because so, I love all kinds of music too. So so then tell me about your, your band that you have now, Valley Lodge. Because you guys have a lot of great songs and this is totally different than Witch Chains. This is like kind of poppy. I would say maybe kind of like '90s alternative rock stuff. I don't know what, how you would describe it, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I th- probably that you know, there's but like I think of it like big star, cheap trick kind of uh, power pop type music. Yeah, it's very catchy. Um, you've had songs on Thank you. "Raising Hope" and "Cougar Town," but the big one is you wrote the theme song for John Oliver. Now you got to tell me how did you land that because that seems like a very lucrative deal. Am I wrong? Like every time they play that, you get paid, right? Hopefully, if you sign the yeah, deal, yeah, it's, it's a nice little uh, trickle of mailbox money, <laughs> um, which is very nice. Um, I mean, the one you know, but we had we had we had uh, released a record, our third record, and that was the first song on the record, and I had. Uh, years earlier, done some music for a show called Reverb on HBO, and that's where I met Liz Stanton, who oh. is the showrunner of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Oh. And I knew John from, I knew John Oliver from the, you know, from doing stand up around New York. So, you know, Liz oh. just called one day and was like, you know, we want to use one of your songs. Uh, for the theme song and I was I was like oh you should use this song go and uh she's like yeah we that's that's the one that we want to huh. use wow so they uh it was just honestly uh an amazingly lucky thing and uh and I'm super grateful for it uh, yeah. you know because I and it's also a great show that I actually love and watch yeah he's week, so bro. smart and like i don't always i don't always agree with him but he's hilarious and he's super smart like it's a great show for sure it's probably one of the the best shows of that kind i think on tv oh, right yeah now. yeah i yeah. think that show and <clears throat> and sam b are probably the two best you're on that one too you had a cameo on that right yeah i've been on that a few times it's been a while oh, okay if anyone's if anyone's listening from that show i'm ready to make my triumphant return yeah and then the last thing about music i want to ask you is it true you appeared you were like a correspondent on fuse tv's 
Hoppus on Music, which was hosted by Blink 182's yeah. uh, Mark Hoppus. So tell me about that because I have a friend, I have yeah. a buddy who's a huge Blink 182 fan. So did you get to work with him directly or was it more like indirectly? Yeah, I did. I did some field pieces on the show, but then I did like, you know, or I'd be in the, on the couch with him or in the studio with him as well. So yeah, I, I know him and, uh, and he's a delight. <laughs> so, uh, if your friend is ever wondering, uh, he's, I can confirm he's a, a delightful <laughs> fellow. Hey, you, can you ever do, uh, have you ever thought of doing music project with him, like collaborating? Uh, if he's listening, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he's a fan. I would yeah. love it. Yeah, that's awesome. So I would love it. I mean, I I love that. You know, I I pretty much. Yeah, I I would I would love it. I love playing music and collaborating with people, which is you know why I keep forming new bands. You know, which Tame became a real band, and then um, I have another band called Painted Doll. That's um, my friend Chris Reifert who has a band called autopsy which are one of the greatest metal bands ever death metal band hmm. he was the original drummer for death oh that's you know huge. he played on the first you know him and chuck Schuldiner did the scream bloody gore record when they were like when chris was 17 and uh so he's a total legend in that world and and i went to see autopsy uh, in Texas, and then his wife Nancy recognized me because they were comedy fans, uh, and we got to chatting and hung out, and we kept in touch, and and um, we started trading like all this psych music and things like that, and and then when I would be doing shows in San Francisco, they would come out, and and then uh, he saw me play guitar in the comedy shows, and he's like, "Let's let's form a van." That's actually worked well for me because I. So we had a foreman band. We have two records out on TP Records, and Damn. then I used I played in a band with Walter Schreifels, uh from Quicksand and Gorilla Biscuits and stuff. He's an old buddy of mine, and but it was the same thing. He came to see me do a comedy show, and I played guitar, oh. and uh, he was saw me play guitar. So he's like, "Oh, you should be in my band." So it's I'm get, really getting to play with some some great musicians by. Uh, <sighs> That's amazing. By, by playing guitar. Yeah, and you in, and you kind of just drifted. Show. Yeah, and you said you kind of just drifted into comedy and acting, but um, like you said, you did Samantha Bee show and you did uh, Jim Gaffigan and Amy Schumer. So what's it like working with these like basically titans of comedy? Like, what do you think makes them so successful? Is it just straight up talent or hard work or both? I th I think it's a lot of things, you know, but obviously talent and definitely hard work and. Um, you know, there's all sorts of factors. So is but, it intimidating you know, for you to work with them or do you feel like you're, you're, you're an equal? I mean, cause you've done so many amazing things yourself. I'm an absolute equal. Um, <laughs> I no, love uh, it. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, you know, they, they're all lovely people that I've known, you know, for a long time. So, um, you know, I'm I'm grateful that they would think to have me uh, be a part of what they're doing. You know, so yeah, I'm I'm always thrilled and and uh, hopefully it'll keep going. You know, yeah, so no, it's I I th I actually get you know if anyone's listening, 
I know, I know people are listening, but <laughs> nobody's listening. I'm sorry. I, no, no. I mean, I mean, anyone, anyone who has their own TV show. When yeah, definitely none of those people are listening. Show, when people do have their own TV show and I don't get, uh, don't get to play anyone on the show, then I get really mad. You get, um, <laughs> <laughs> no. So tell me about, you did an episode of modern family. That's, I mean, I don't think you can get much bigger than that show. That's like the, one of the biggest shows I, of all time. And I had a, I don't know if you know Mo Mandel. He's a comedian and he he did an episode of that. He's a friend of mine. Yeah, oh really? Okay. He said he did an episode of that show and he had a funny story about like how Ed O'Neill was like taking home all these enchiladas from the craft services because it was like so amazing. Like, did you have the same experience? Is it just amazing? like everything well, amazing there? Like the craft services and like I'm just picturing like no. massages and like I mean, because they have so much money. Can't they just make it the most amazing set ever? No, I have to tell you. I actually was not on Modern Family. Um, you weren't, but somehow it's on your IMDb. I know. I don't know why it is, um, and I haven't corrected it because it can only help my career <laughs> that someone thinks I was. But for whatever reason, it says I. I that's hilarious. Was never on that show. Okay, that's funny so, because I fucked up before with Wikipedia. Like I asked Jeff Tate, the singer of Queens, right about playing football and he's like, I never played football. I was like, Oh shit. Okay. So I'm, I've been more careful about the Wikipedia. I've never seen IMDB to steer me wrong. So that is really shocking. I think probably what happened. I mean, I, I have not put any effort into it cause it only, it can only, I should, I should have just gone along with it. Yeah. But, no, I would, I, I would agree. It just, I was like, if, if anyone sees it good, that's just one more credit. But, that is the one thing on my that's hilarious IMDb IMDb page that I'm aware of that is uh, a mistake. But um, well, it's good that they picked uh, like a great show like that and not like said that you were like a on you know something that you hate probably like Fox News or The Apprentice yeah, or something probably. like that. <laughs> no, but yeah, so um, um, you did three episodes of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. That is real, right? That's okay, accurate. I mean, everything else is. I think right on there, but I th- I think probably with the Modern Family thing, there are other people named Dave Hill. I'm uh, the yeah. preeminent Dave Hill. <laughs> Though I will say, and I think I mentioned this when you emailed yes. me, I sometimes people get in touch with me and think they're reaching out to the guitar player from Slade. Yes, I did. Was- Originally, I was like, wait. Because my friend just said, yeah, Google him. You'll love him. And I was like, okay. So when I Google Dave Hill, that's the thing that comes up. So that's who I thought. But then when I Wait, found out. That, no, that, when I Google Dave Hill, I come up first. Oh, I don't know. I, I For some reason, I think. Not, not that I do Google myself very often, <laughs> but I think. Maybe I Googled I, guitarist Dave Hill. I don't know. But like for some whatever oh, reason. If you do that, then yeah. But I okay. think at this point, it, at least in. North America, if you Google Dave Hill, you get, I'm the preeminent one. I like that. That's a great word. If you do it in, in, you know, UK, but I, the thing is, I love Slade. Mm -hmm. I'm a massive Slade fan. I would love to have him on too, but I mean, I I would too. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know how to get a hold of him. I don't, he doesn't have any social media. Like, I don't think there's a website. I don't even know. No, I think, I think there's like some really bad looking Slade website that you could probably get a little booking agent. I know I, I emailed their booking agent before because I was doing this kind of talk show thing in London. So I was like, I got to see if I can get Dave Hill from Slade on it. But the best thing is I got 
uh, someone wrote to me that there's these thing called Slade Days. I think it's like a a week, you know, weekend festival in like the Midlands of England or something of, of about Slade. And I got asked, you know, if I would attend. And I wrote back and I was like, fuck yeah, I'll attend. Because <laughs> I love Slade and I, you know, I love going to England. So I was like, yeah, I'm not the guy from Slade, but I love Slade. So I'll come as a I'll, fan. Yeah. And you yeah, can shred, I, you can play the guitar. Yeah. You know, I, I feel, you know, but I didn't hear back. Uh, Sadly, I didn't hear back. You should have just, what are you going to do? Not like, asked or not told them they should just assume that well you should have known that you should it's your mistake i know i should you ever do that i should have that'd be funny i, I need to start doing that like you know because <laughs> the other thing is like people the thing where i don't correct people is i've had people even reach out through like my representation who think i'm the guy who write who wrote for game of thrones oh and uh i'll 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 usually just go along with it and you know people because people will write to me like DM me on Instagram or Facebook message me like I love Game of Thrones like can you tell me like it's so awesome and I'll usually just go like yeah you know they're like they'll they'll ask me like plot points like what's going to happen <laughs> with this guy and I'll just be like Oh, he gets run over by a donkey <laughs> in the second episode of the next season. And they'll be like, what? That doesn't sound possible. Oh, I'll God. just make up, because I've never watched the show. I, I, I mean, I, I think I tried to watch part of it. I'm sure it's great. I just like, my girlfriend loved it. My girlfriend and loves just, it too. Yeah, I couldn't get it. I tried to watch the first season. I was like, I can't get into the show. I don't know what it is. It, it's... I just couldn't get into it. I don't know. Maybe I should try again. I maybe maybe I will at some point, but it, there's just so many things. There's so much shit out there. Yeah. That I can't keep up with it. And, right. and I find the more, the more I'm told how great something is, the more I think part of me is like, well, fuck that thing. And then, <laughs> right. You know, just the contrarian part of me, I guess. But the other part of me is like, well, this sounds, it's so good. I can't, I, I'm going to have to. And then it can't live up to the expectations, right? Because it's like, yeah, I yeah. think that's the thing with Game of Thrones. Everyone said it's so good. And then I saw it, I was like, huh? I was like, I don't think it's that great. It's okay, I guess. Yeah, but sometimes things, yeah, I'm, I'm more like to be surprised, like, you know, like I, I loved Shit's Creek, but everyone yeah. was telling me to watch it. So it, I took a while to watch it, and then the thing with Shit's Creek is like it takes a few episodes, and then it gets amazing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, "Oh man, everyone said this was so great. It's pretty good, whatever." But then people were like, "You got to stick with it." So I stuck with it, and then I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so glad I stuck with it because I loved it." Yeah, it was um, a good show, and and think that it's absolutely deserve. It definitely deserves. Uh, all the praise and awards it gets because it's great. But the other one, like, um, do you watch Letter Kenny at all? Yeah, yeah, no, I haven't. I tried to get into that, and I just like I don't, I don't, I'm not getting this. Maybe I need to stick with it more past the first episode. But 
I had a buddy that Maybe. loves that show and he told me about it. I and I just got Hulu recently and we watched it and I was like, I don't I don't I feel like this show's like too smart for me. I I love that show and I I've like to think at least that I'm like ground floor cuz in America because I had never the only person that I ever mentioned it is my friend Jim that I met at the dog run but he was telling me about it like when I was just getting to know him mm-hmm. and he was like you got to watch this show Letter Kenny and so I was like, well, we'll see. I don't know if I'm going to just start taking tips from this guy I just met. You know, I hadn't properly vetted him yet to take TV recommendations. So, (laughs) okay. So, but he was mentioning it. He mentioned it to the point, and I was like, no, I haven't seen it. I haven't got a chance. And then finally, I was like, shit, like, I have to watch this show because he keeps asking me about it. So I finally watched it one night and I was like, I'll just watch five minutes so I can say I watched it. And I was just like, right away, I was like, oh man, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> and so, but I, I absolutely, I love it. And like, I'm the second person I, on earth, as far as I'm concerned, that ever, that ever watched it. You're the but, hipster of Letterkenny. You're, you're, you, you I'm watched the, it before it was cool. Yes. Yes, and then, um, but I've had the experience where I'll recommend it to people, and it's either like people are in or out. It's not like uh, it's not vanilla ice cream where everyone can at least. Uh, no, it's got say. really interesting dialogue, like really smart and and uh, very like elaborate dialogue. But it's like, I guess for me, it was like I can't, I don't see this as realistic that people would talk this way. Like it's interesting, but I was like I, I no, can't, I can't a, get over the fact they're talking this. The like, dialogues. Yeah, the dialogue is insane, and that's what I love about it. It's just like wordplay things that I've never yeah. seen anyone do before. So I just I love it. I'm it, I'm a huge fan. So, mm-hmm. um, but 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 back like to I, you and your career though. Tell, so tell me because you did back back to me. Let's, let's talk about you. Yeah, because so you did this uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. You had like three episodes of that, and I'm trying to see. Yeah, I haven't seen all those. I my girlfriend really likes that show. I think I've watched like half of them. But you played the creep is that your title for that one yeah my character is called creep and it was initially supposed to be just one episode okay but but then um i i'm told that tina fey liked liked my you know liked what i did so they kept dropping me into other episodes which was really nice that's really cool and Um, then yeah and then i just did um my friend meredith scardino who wrote on uh kimmy schmidt created a show called girls five ever that's hilarious oh yeah i saw that you had done that i haven't watched it yet so i i did an episode of that as well and then Um, yeah tell me about my my perverted creepy guy streak going (laughs) so and then tell me about the movie that you just did drunk bus with it's got the kid from ozark uh how do you say his name charlie Charlie Tahan. Tahan. Do you think that I kid it was is going to Tahan until Tahan? like five days ago? Okay. No. Uh, Do you think he's no. going to be a big star? Because he's pretty young and he's really good on that Ozark show. I think so. I mean, yeah, Drunk Bus. We shot that a while ago, and it was supposed to. It was supposed to debut at South by Southwest last year, and then that was like right when all the craziness hit, and we didn't do it. And then, but yeah. Uh, 
it just came out this past Friday. Yes, I do think Charlie is going to be uh, have a, an amazing long career ahead of him, and I hope that uh, I hope that he everything he's doing. I hope he tells them, "Hey, let's get Dave in this." <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. You need to I ride his coattails. I that's what I told him. I was like, "Get me." <laughs> On fucking Ozark. Yeah, on. you should go on Ozark. That's a great show. So okay, so I then, love that show. That's great. So then let's talk about your writing career. So you started out, like you said, your sister was a journalist and she got you into writing for a Cleveland newspaper. And then you're writing for Salon magazine and hip hop magazine and, and a, the HBO show. Re- I mean, how did you you're doing writing for all these shows? Oh, this is the one I want to ask you about was the smoking gun. Um, because it's with oh, Susie yeah. S Esman from Curb. And uh, and she, she and was I think, on that, yeah, yeah. So I heard people see her like in airports and stuff, and they want her to like scream at them and yell at them because that's yeah. what she does on Curb. Did, did she talk to you about that? Did you ever any, have any interactions with her? I did. Yeah, I I only met her once. I think I met her in Vegas once. Uh, at um, and yeah, she did tell me that that everyone asks asked that asked her to yell at them <laughs> so and she's a totally uh, you know she's not like that in real life right isn't she really not nice like that she's super nice yeah i've met her i've met Jar- jeff garland a bunch of times he's oh really fellow oh he seems really cool. yeah um and i think that's <laughs> i think that's the only people aside from friends who have done like little roles on the show yeah of of uh even though you didn't ask me how many people on the show I've met, I think those are the only two. You can I've just keep name dropping. I love that stuff. I, I, it's exciting I to, to me. I don't, it, but, that's cool. So but, then, um, yeah, she's awesome. And uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, what else? Yeah. So yeah, writing. But, but anyway, yeah. so you're writing. So your first book, I thought this was interesting, called uh, your first book, Tasteful Nudes. Um, apparently, mm-hmm. explain to me how you like know Malcolm Gladwell, because he's a famous author and you saw him in coffee yeah. shops or something and you asked for his advice. And I like, this is good advice. Um, he told you to only, he only writes two hours a day and the rest of the time he's doing other stuff. And then it like, cause it builds up and then you can just pour out all the things, all your thoughts or whatever. And you could write more that way. Whereas if you tried to write for eight hours a day, you probably just can't do it, which is really interesting to hear a, like a successful author of that level only spends two hours a day writing. Yeah, I mean, I'm I met him through my friend Stephen. I mean, big big part of the way I ended up doing a lot of things I I've done is you know just being in New York. I, mm. I you know I was living in Cleveland, and which is a great place, but you know there just weren't people doing the things that I wanted to do or or dreamed of doing. You know. Uh, there's people doing some some things uh some uh, tons of awesome things but you know when i came to new york all of a sudden i was meeting people like malcolm gladwell david rakoff and you know so i was meeting authors who had like written books that i'd read and mm-hmm. meet, meeting writers who had written for tv shows i loved and and just it made it made it uh, seem like oh this guy's sitting right in front of me it made it seem more like uh tangible and doable like i'm like oh this guy if this idiot can do it i can do it no <laughs> <laughs> malcolm gladwell yeah he's an idiot <laughs> this idiot yeah uh, no i i it just was like helpful to me to 
to be like, oh, this is a person that's yeah, that it's right real. Right no, I've heard that from other people that yeah. it's like, um, I had the uh, screenwriter Rich Wilkes on, and he said, yeah, he's like, it was a thing where his friend his friend's dad or something worked in the movie industry. And he's like, Oh, that's actually like something you can do. It's like a real thing. Like, so yeah, just being around those people makes it real. Yeah, cause I think growing up, I mean, I, I think it's changes more uh, changed a ton, you know, over the recent years and things, you know, with the internet and all that. But, you know, when I was growing up, it was, you know, we were kind of taught like, Oh, you, you know, my mom would always be like, Oh, you can't, you can't do the things that you want to do for your job. That's like for your hot hobby, yeah. you need to get like a prop proper job. So I was like, okay, I guess I got to figure out a proper job, but, um, you know, I was never good at having a proper job. And, uh, now my job is doing, you know, with all, uh, you know, love and respect to her. Of course I, mm. now I do all the things for a living that, she said I could never do, you know. Yeah. Not that I mean, she didn't believe in me, but but it was just because being in, <clears throat> in Cleveland, growing up in Cleveland, you, it it's not, you think, well, oh, you can't be a comedian who plays music and and does whatever the fuck he feels like. What's that <laughs> one? Uh, what's that one comedian in Cleveland? God, I'm, I'm spacing on his name. He's like one of my favorite comedians and he's like really he's it does like the little songs and stuff too and he's he's really funny and oh, i'm totally blanking on his uh, name. my are you talking about mike polk yes mike polk i love that guy are you are you friends with him too yeah yeah he's a good buddy of mine i absolutely love mike polk he's uh one of the funniest people alive in my opinion yeah i agree uh, i think he's like really underrated i'm like why is this guy not bigger is it because he he stayed in Cleveland. Like maybe if he went to New York or LA, maybe he'd get bigger. Maybe, but you know, I, I actually really respect that. First of all, he grew up in Youngstown. So, you know, people always want be like, Oh, you got to move to the big city. But I think for Mike moving to Cleveland was moving to the big city, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Okay. Um, no, he, I I know he spent some time in L.A., um, but I just think, you know, he he's a great example of of like you can make it work for you wherever you are. It's yeah. just gonna you you're gonna have to like kind of maybe it's a different version of that. I, I have no doubt that he if if he moved to L.A. he would be a really successful you know, actor or TV writer, whatever he wanted to do, he could do, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he stayed in Cleveland or has thus far, and he's is hugely successful. You know, he's on the local news doing, like... Yeah, I've seen him do those little... Amazing... Correspondent. Yeah, he does these, he does these segments, and it's yeah. like... that's cool. I, Doesn't he have, like, his I own show, him. kind of? Or, so, like, the Mike Polk show or something? He does a live show, yeah. yeah that you know i've done and and um and he does he does um you know he's on the news does these like things that are like really i think genuinely sub subversive like i tell him like if i were a kid growing up like you would and he does he inspires me anyway but if i were a kid and i saw what he was doing you know on the news where it's like obviously the other newscasters, I think, are mostly confused or 
actively <laughs> hate him. Right. No, but you know, he's he's not he's so clearly a a change, you know, it's not he's not he's obviously coming from a totally different place and I think it's amazing. I think if I were a kid watching the local news and I saw that, it would inspire me so much. So mm-hmm. I think I think it's I think it's awesome. No, I do too. I think it's great. So and, um and, you know, and I think it's cool that he's that he's doing it from Cleveland because I, I do yeah. think you can make it uh you can be creative and do awesome stuff wherever you are in the world. It's just kind of figuring out how you're going to do it. Well, especially now. Yeah. With like zoom and all this stuff. So, but talking about inspiration, like I think you inspire me so much, like your work ethic, like how do you accomplish? I think we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but like, how do you accomplish so many projects? Like walk me through a typical day for you. Like, how do you, what, what is your, what is your day? Like, how do you get through all this stuff? Like, are you writing two hours a day and then also, writing music or like, I just don't even know how you have time for even to do this podcast. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I like, uh, well, you know, this is part of my media blitz that I'm on (laughs) doing a podcast. I like that. Um, I've never been part of a media blitz. I don't think this is part of my big PR. No, I, I would, I would do it at any time, but I'm especially, thank you. You know, trying to tell people to do drunk bus. So I, I, I gotta see that. Just, you got us. Everyone. How do you see it? How, how do we, how do we watch this movie? Is that on streaming yet? Or do we have to go yeah, to the theater? You, Apple, Apple TV. You can, it's in theaters, Apple TV, Amazon. Oh, okay. Well, you know, basically everywhere, but Netflix, you can see it. Okay. But that being said, even if I weren't in the hit movie drunk bus, which is out now, <laughs> I, I still, I still would be talking to you right now. Well, thank you. I'm um, glad. But to answer your question, I, I think I just like doing, you know, I wish I were interested in less things. I wish I only wanted to do one or two things. And I'd probably be more successful at one or two things. But um, I just like doing the things that I do. And I, I just, that's why I do it. And, and. I need to make money, obviously. So I, I focus on the things that are actually paying me money. You okay. know, if someone's like, if someone's like, oh, you, you know, you got to write this thing or be here and be, you know, on an episode of this show. Obviously, I go do that stuff first because that's paying my rent. Um, and then they all, they all the things eventually pay the rent and you know music is a more of a long you know you make a record and then you know one song ends up the theme to last week tonight another song ends up on a commercial or whatever mm-hmm. uh, and those so they you know yeah that's cool so but what but well, like what kind of i kind of do whatever but today today i wake up my dog made me get out of bed as she does every morning i go play with her so we were out until about 10 o'clock this morning. I came back. I had to do a voiceover audition. That took me till about noon. Then I answered emails. And I went for a bike ride. And now I'm talking to you. Wow. So And then a- after this, I'll do some writing. Okay. I'll try to do the, two- the Malcolm Gladwell recommended two hours. That's cool. And then I have a phone, phone call. And then 
I might go see a friend. And then I do my podcast, the Day Feel Good Time Hour. Yeah, so it we sounds do, like you're live. So. so you're mixing it up, and you're you're probably putting in the the hours to work, but you're mixing it up with other stuff. So, like, what motivates you the most? Is it like your own self pride of accomplishing the projects? Is it the reaction from other people for sharing your work, or is it actually just doing the work? Like, you just really enjoy the process or all of that? I think it's like doing the work is. It's just what I like doing. Uh, it, it's um, how I want to spend my time. I don't really, I don't want to say fully, I don't really give a shit what people think, you know, because that's ideally I don't give a shit, but I'm, you know, I, I want people to like what mm-hmm. I'm doing and hopefully like me and think I'm a decent person, you know. But you want to like uh, it too. Like if it makes you laugh or the song, you think the song is cool, then that, then you assume that other people would like it too. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's kind of, I try to make things that I like and are entertaining to me. Like, I don't, I don't like doing, you know, if I, if I myself wouldn't listen, wouldn't read it or watch it or listen to it, I, I wouldn't want to do it. Like, which is partially why, like, the idea of like moving to LA and write, you know, being like just writing for TV. I don't know if like that's a really appealing would be a smart thing to do if I, you know, assuming I could be hired, you know, cause it pays really well and all that. But, you know, most of the people I know were right for shows they would never watch. Mm. So to me, like, I just think I would be miserable mm. doing that, you know, working for we're doing on working on something I personally would never watch as an audience member uh doesn't appeal to me so that's why i tend to just do things which is not me saying like oh those things are bad like it's just you know it's just and, and it doesn't mean what i'm doing is good either could like, you do like I, a one-off though for a show like wouldn't that be fun to like write an episode of a of a big hit sitcom just and then you could put your spin on it yeah, I would love. I mean, it's not like I wouldn't. It's not like I've been asked to and I said no. Mm. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah. I would totally do that. I'm just saying like if some, you know, let's just, you know, I would be really bad at writing for like two and a half men. If that I don't even know if that's the show anymore. I don't, I, think, I don't think that shows on the air anymore. But yeah, I see what you're I see I your have, point. Yeah. But like say for example like that is an amazing. That would be an amazing job, mm-hmm. and it would be like you would make so much money, and be set for life if you wrote on that for many seasons. But I would be horrible at that, and I would be miserable. So, so what would you like would, to write would, for? What's a show that you want? Like, what would be your top choices if you if you could write for any show? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I would want to say because I I think the shows that I love the most, like I don't even think that I would be capable of it. You know, I think, cause that to me, the, the stuff that I love the most, like, I mean, look at a show like letter Kenny. Yeah. I love that show. And I, I would, of course would love, you know, love to write for it. If they, if they wanted a Dave Hill to come, 
this Dave Hill, not the guy from Slade. <laughs> um, but I think part of the part of what makes it so great is that those guys are doing it. You know, like yeah, I I don't know that I could improve on what they're mm-hmm. doing. I certainly would if they asked me. I I mean, and I would love to play a character on the show. That would I be cool. Yeah. To, I think you have. I think you probably have to be Canadian to do anything on that show. But, oh, um, discrimination. But, but but no, I think you know. I don't. I don't claim to be capable of. You know, a lot of the things that I love, I, I think are. I don't necessarily think I would be the guy to do it. Hmm. Maybe I would certainly be happy to try. Yeah. But but to me, like, I, I think that the best things. That anyone does, and you know, the all really I aspire to is to do, you know, push what I'm doing to the, do the best job that I can, you know, even if it's, you know, some things I'm not gonna, you know, get. I don't want to like point to one thing, but you know, some things I won't be the greatest this or that, maybe like, but hopefully I'll do be the best. Dave Hill's version of that, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, no, that's um, good. That's a good philosophy so to have. I want to like to push things as far as I can in my abilities. You know, it would be like, I, you know, I'll never run like a six minute mile, but maybe I could run in a, a seven and a half minute mile. And that'll be the best day. That'd be mile. pretty damn really? good. Yeah. I got, are you still yeah. doing the, um, speaking of like exercising and stuff, or do you exercise? Do you do, you still do the transcendental meditation? I do. Yeah, I do. I'm not, I mean, I, I think I, I probably, I don't always get both. You're supposed to do two, two, two a times day, a day. But, yeah. But I, I fail sometimes. Like I think yesterday, I think I didn't at all, which is rare that I would miss both. Oh, okay. You know, like today, I think uh, during the I somehow do better during the week and somehow the weekend gets away from me sometimes and I'll miss I might Mm -hmm. miss one. Does that help with your anxiety? Because I think I heard you talking about how you had like really bad OCD uh, and anxiety in your 20s. Yeah, I mean, OCD was more in my 20s and and. You know, ongoing my life, I, I've had a lot of problems with anxiety and depression, you know, and it's definitely helped. Um, but it, it's all, I think I need to, you know, keep working at it and do other things, you know, exercise. I've started microdosing psilocybin. Um, oh, know, mushrooms? psychedelic mushrooms yeah i've heard I, that can really help actually like especially with like ptsd and vets i've heard they've had a lot of success yeah. with that yeah i think it will be like um you know very mainstream treatment in a few years i've also um, heard this I mean, this guy i follow he he talks about ayahuasca tea that you take this tea and um like you hallucinate but it says that he it like allows him to like kind of like step away from himself and like see his problems from like a different view and it like really supposedly like really helps. Yeah. I've never done that. I've heard, I've heard about it and I'm, I've, you know, I've heard that it's helpful, but, um, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I'm not like in a rush to like, you know, there's different things. There's like toad venom and, Oh, I haven't heard of that one. 
that's uh, you know these things are i'm probably not in a rush to do that because i'm you know i should say like i'm not i don't even smoke pot really i drink and that's the only you know device uh, unless you count coffee those would be my vices okay that's um, not bad ice cream um <laughs> what, I, what kind know, of ice not, cream i used to be really into ben and jerry's coffee heath bar crunch but then they stopped using heath bar and they'd have some huh. other uh version of that and it sucks in my opinion um and so I, and i used to like chubby hubby and they did the same thing they switched i actually talked to a guy from ben and jerry's because oh really and yeah my friend doug from big gay ice cream here in new york he's <laughs> wait he's what is it called with... big gay ice cream <laughs> yeah my friends doug and brian started this company it's massive in new york and really they have other locations um they that is a great name <laughs> yeah they they started a ice cream truck for the pride parade a bunch of years ago and it was so successful that they started opening like you know retail locations and wow but you know they so they know everybody in the in the ice cream world so you know they you knew, okay sorry so go on I, they had me talk to I. I think I'd had a bit to drink, and they put me on the. <laughs> they called because I was bitching about oh that Ben and Jerry's okay. changed the flavors, and so they're like, "Let's call our friend," and he he said um, that they switched away from Heath Bar and then whatever the chubby hubby peanut pretzel thing. It's because of uh, what's it, uh, GMOs. GMOs, right? Okay. And so they switched to like a non-GMO provider or whatever. And but I said, well, uh, it sucks now, so I'm not eating it. And he and um, so now I eat uh, in Ohio. There's a place Mitchell's Ice Cream, which is the best ice cream in the world, in my expert opinion. So whenever I'm in Cleveland, I always get that if I can. And then. My on-the-go choice is um, I just get Haagen-Dazs. Oh, okay. Because it's, you know, I like the chocolate peanut butter. I like the dolce de leche, and I like the caramel cone. Okay. Sometimes sometimes I'll get just a straight-up chocolate or coffee flavor. But those would be, if you're, if you're wondering, Dave's coming over. I need to get ice cream. <laughs> Do you know a uh, Dan Wilbur comedian? I think you were friends with him, right? I do know Dan. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, so, I had him on the show and uh, he does this thing, positive pranks. And he called this ice cream company and he just like, I guess that was how it started. And he just called this ice cream company just to tell them that he really liked the ice cream. <laughs> he called the customer, you know, like they have the complaint line and like the lady was like yeah. laughing. She's like, wait, you're just calling to tell me it's good. There's nothing wrong with it. And he's like, yeah. Have you ever heard his positive pranks? <laughs> I haven't heard that. Oh my God. It. His positive That's pranks really... made me a fan of his comedy. I really, I want to see him lot. So you're in New York now then, right? I live in New York. Yeah. I need to come I, see I, I, all I you think... New York guys. Yeah. Dan's in New York, I mm-hmm. believe, unless he's left. Yeah. Dan Wilber's there and it. Mike Kaplan. And there's a bunch of New York people, comedians like that him. I want to see. I haven't been to New York in like, I don't know, five years or something, but I went to the comedy cellar and it was like, it was really cool. It was like a really neat experience. 
So where do you oh, perform nice. yeah, in New York usually when you do perform? I perform the only comedy cellar. I do the village underground, which is part of their thing. And, you know, and I usually do like the Brooklyn stuff, bell house, union hall, Littlefield, Eastville. And then, you know, I do like salt, good God comedy. I do the, hmm. you know, the quote unquote alt shows mostly as they say. Oh, cause those are the ones that are like not at a comedy club. Like, like I watched that show, uh, crashing. And that was like such a yeah. fascinating show where like, yeah, he does like the alt comedy. It's like in people's basements and like on a laundromat or something. I'm like, wow, this is like fascinating to me. I don't think we have that in Phoenix that I know of. So it'd be fun to go see you that. Pr- so you probably, you probably do like, you know, cause like Cleveland has a great scene like that. It's hmm. just, all it is, is like, is just doing it in different places that right. aren't comedy clubs but isn't it know, a different kind of comedy clubs. vibe too and a different kind of comedian like i you know to some extent but i think you know less and less so in recent years to me it used to be that you know those kind of shows would be more experimental comedians but i think uh it's all kind of blurring together a bit in recent years yeah. in, in a, in a boring way, I think. Oh, like really? I, I think, uh, I think just there's le- I think basically that there's less people experimenting than there used to be. Unfortunately, mm, that sucks. which is not to say there's still plenty of amazing stuff, but I, I, it was just seem more experimental than it is now. It seems like there's a lot of, in my opinion. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of really funny people on TikTok. In my opinion, like I see my brother will send me these clips of these people. And I'm like, this is hilarious. Like, why isn't this guy on SNL? He does a way better impersonation than the people on there. And so it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of talent there. Cause you don't, you can just do it from your basement or whatever, but some people are really talented, but I guess they just don't have the drive to go and actually go up on stage or I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot. There's, it's, who knows, you know, plus there, I mean, SNL, I don't know how many people are on the show, but there's, you know, there's only however many spots Mm -hmm. on, you know, there's a lot of, but comedy is one of those things. I think it's, you know, there's people all over that. There's a guy walking down the street that's funnier than the guy in the arena playing the arena and you know it's like music there's there's always going to be some guy at home in his bedroom that beats the shit out of everyone at guitar (laughs) i know and i I think it's it it might just be like personal taste too because like i I think mike polk and dan wilbur are hilarious and nobody knows who the fuck those guys are well you know i think i think people know who they are yeah it was some but but i'm saying they're not as big as like they're not household names they're no, they're not Dave Hill. No, I mean, but come on. <laughs> to me, they are. To me, no, they are. But yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. I love both those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, I, I, you know, I think it's there's so many factors that lead to some. You know, it's not yeah. a meritocracy. Comedy, the arts in general, are not a, are not a meritocracy where like everyone, if you're good or you know, it's not like everyone's going to get, you don't, you know, you, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Um, yeah, you know, think, no, it's I weird. Think, 
It is. I think it's just weird with that. In life, you know, it is like that. It's like that. Yeah, because there, there's people I look at that you know they just started podcasting and they get better guests than me, and it makes me so angry. And I'm like, sometimes that's just life, though. Like, some for whatever reason, they're getting better guests than me, and so I don't know. I guess I got to step up my game or whatever. So, well, it's, there's so many factors to everything. Yeah, you know. Uh, so I don't know. That's why I just kind of, uh, uh, just try to be the best Dave Hill I can be and not you, worry and about You're doing a great job else. at it. I think you've done amazing things. So, um, I do probably need to wrap up here. Uh, I like to end each episode with a charity. I think I, I told you about that. And obviously, I mean, you've worked with homeless cool. shelters in the past, but is there a charity that's really near and dear to your heart right now that you want to promote? Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the nice things about, you know, of the few nice things of the last year or so is, is it's made me focus more on that. Um, and one that I've, I, and I've been able to give and also raise a lot of money for different charities in the last year. I'm fully just patting myself on the back. <laughs> no, um, that's no, great. My, no, I'd like I, to be able to raise money for charity at some point. I uh, a, a one a no brainer for me has been No Kid Hungry, who they help get meals to kids uh, who need food. So who can argue? Yeah, who can argue that? Who can who can say? See Don't that's do that. and that's why I love doing this because I love like it's one thing that you know there's so much diversion with politics and shit like that, but like everybody can agree like helping people with you know homeless kids or, you know, cancer or whatever, like all these, these are things that bring people to, we can all agree on this. Usually some of the, some people, some of the charities might rub some people the wrong way, but I don't think anyone's going to get pissed off about that one. I, w- I would hope so. I mean, I, you know, I don't think I, uh, I think anything when you're, when you're helping people, uh, have a, a better life, uh, I don't know how, and you know, without rattling off a bunch of other charities. <laughs> yeah. uh, but obviously, we live in times when someone would be like, "Don't you shouldn't be," you know. Well, no, but like if someone's uh, like, if this someone's comes on, and I've had people, you know, I've had a comedian come on, and she said she really wanted to uh, promote Planned Parenthood, and then she's like, "Yeah, I think they do. I love that they give all, you know, do these abortions. I think that's great." And I'm like, you know, I'm kind of cringing because I'm like, well, you know, some people don't like abortion, and so you know, it's like, and then you just get all political, and it's like, and I, because I, I just feel like that that kind of stuff just it's like a tug of war where you're just, it's like you can have people. I got have people come on that promote abortion and then i got someone come on next week that promotes pro-life and then i'm like well this is just getting us nowhere we're just so it's like i'd rather have something that could bring everyone together i don't know that's just my own yeah no that's uh yeah no you're right well i think no kid and i i'm i'm very in support of planned parenthood of course but i <laughs> yeah i mean you're so you're, you're liberal that's okay i mean i have conservative I'm, friends i have I'm liberal friends full, i am the uh i'm i'm a a liberal uh, to the core. I'm, an, I'm just annoying. <laughs> I know you got to, you got kicked I'm off of Twitter to, because you were trolling Trump fans. I know. I'm so annoying to half the people <laughs> I went to high school with because of my. Do you have conservative friends views. though? Are you able to? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I yeah. So well, certain I was. You know, one thing with my family, I would say, you know, uh, 
prior to 2016, everyone was pretty across the board, you know, uh, from very liberal like me and some of my siblings to to Republican on the other end of it. But one thing Donald Trump really brought us together because we all agreed that we fucking hated him. So <laughs> some people uh, like him, nice. though. Some people really like him. Yeah, I don't. I I I find it. You know, I don't think this is a whole other thing to get into. <laughs> I I maybe have one or two friends that I think. Uh, yeah, like, like do you have any friends that like Trump? Like, I mean, you say you have Republican friends, but do you have any friends that are like full on Trump support? Like, that's got to be hard for you as someone who. No, not really. At this point, I I think um, I've I, I think I'm pretty much alienated <laughs> anybody like that in my life. But you know, I, I've kind of put out the work. I've done the work to get them out of my life. Uh, so, uh, but you know that oh, that being said. Funny way to put it. You know, I think, uh, you know, we're we're past, you know, he's gone, you know, not like I think all the division and all that is gone either. But, you know, one thing I uh, I think once he was not in office, I I maybe would have anticipated being like, <laughs> you know, like, but I didn't I didn't feel that way. I was kind of like, OK. Let's all move to maybe we can eventually get not be so divided, which I think is ultimately because, you know, it's 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 not like half the people are, you know, uh, it's not like it's just uh, no, I just don't agree with uh, his administration. So I'm not I don't hate anybody uh, who who is on board with that. I, you know, hopefully we can just get to a better, uh, place. Sure. That's absolutely. Name. Well, besides, so, uh, yeah. yeah, besides politics, what else, um, what else do you have on the horizon? What do you have any projects that you're, that you're working on any, uh, books or, or things that your gigs that you have lined up or anything? Yeah. I mean, I have, I'm just kind of getting back to, I'm starting a new book, my fourth book. Um, Oh, which will in theory be out, I think in 2023, but, uh, to give you an exclusive, I have not written a single word. of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what's it about? But, uh, no, no, I have written some, I've written a little bit, but who knows what will make it. To yeah. And, uh, it's, it's going to be about hockey. That's all I can oh, tell you. Okay. Yeah. Cause you have that other book. So, uh, what is it called? Parking the moose. That's about Parking the moose, Canada that, yeah. that Malcolm Gladwell said was the funniest book about Canada ever written. Yeah. So there that's you go. That's a pretty good endorsement. Um, uh, so I'm working on that and then, uh, just writing a bunch, you know, writing some TV and film oh. things that will ho- hopefully turn into something that people can see. And, and then I'm, you know, working on new music with with the uh, with Valley Lodge and Witch Taint and Pain and Doll, and then some other things with other friends, and and then getting back to performing live, and then hopefully, you know, by the fall maybe start touring a bit, and then awesome. in the new year I hope to get back to you know touring the all over the world again. Hopefully, if things are 
back to that. Do you tour as a comedian? To, like, would you come to Phoenix? Have you done shows here? Or? I I haven't. I would like to. I haven't. And uh, I need to. The weird thing is I I have a booking agent everywhere in the world for comedy except for North America. So hmm. Interesting. people always write, write to me and be like, when are you going to come to Phoenix or wherever? And I'm always like, tell whoever does shows to book me because that's the only way. I, I mean, fortunately, I stay busy. You know, it's not like I don't. I have enough going on, but though I basically just do what people get in touch and make me an make me an offer. Okay, and I'll come in. All right. Well, if so anybody's if listening you know, or booking agents, a, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and and even if you're a Trump voter, I, I look forward <laughs> to because as I've said, I, we're all I'm one love now. There we to, go. To, well said. Uh, I don't know why I quoted. <laughs> Ray, I like reggae, so I guess that's oh, smart. Um, all right. Well, that this has but, been great, uh, and uh, definitely keep us posted if you on your uh, future projects and come back on the show again. I'd love to have you back on. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. Okay, please. All right. Thanks, Dave. And and see Drunk Bus. Yeah, I, I want to see, see it. Bus. I'm gonna see it. I'll figure out a way to watch it. If it's on Apple TV, I think I have that, so I think I can watch it for free. Yeah, it's on there. Amazon. Okay, perfect. Yep. All right. Thanks, Dave. Cool. Awesome. Thank right. you so much. See you Good later. To you. you too. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So there you have it. Dave Hill's life story, sort of, with some tangents. Uh, I enjoyed it all. I like hearing his opinions and his stories. He's a really interesting guy. Check out some of his work. He's got something for everyone, whether it's his music, his acting, his stand-up comedy, his books, or his podcasts, or his new clothing line that he's designing, apparently. He's a very busy man. Uh, Make sure to follow him on social media to keep up with what he's doing. You can follow me as well. I'm on uh, the social medias, the Facebooks, the Twitters, and Instagram. Uh, I think Dave is not on Twitter, by the way, because he got banned. I think you mentioned that. Um, You can also subscribe to my podcast wherever you listen so you don't miss any future episodes. That will help out. Um, I heard something on another podcast today about people who make it to the end of the podcast are the real heroes. So if you've made it this far... Thank you. I appreciate you. I hope you have a great day. And remember, shoot for the moon.